Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti, and this is episode 254 of Yogaland. Hi there, Jason. Hi, Andrea. I think today I'm the guest. It's always difficult to know. <laughs> Let's say this. Let's say you are without a doubt the voice of reason and the specialist within this conversation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to talk about content. Yes. And I'm going to do a little series that's mm -hmm. going to be all related to each other. But this one, the focus is how to create what I call weekly content. Yes. How to ensure you are able to do it, how to fuel yourself with ideas. Yeah. And I want to give just like the tiniest bit of context from the perspective of being a yoga teacher. I think a lot of times yoga teachers think in weeks. What am I going to teach this week? What am I going to teach next week? So you're going to talk about weekly content and some nuances and layers to that. But as we do this, for any yoga teacher that's listening and gets kind of like, they're not going to get lost in the message, but we should really understand we already think this way, right? We already often think in terms of weekly content in classes. Mm -hmm. So... Now you can talk a little bit about weekly content in non-classes and what you mean about the options for weekly content and mm -hmm. what you mean about, what do you think the best way for yoga teachers to create weekly content and why? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with the why. I mean, there's so many whys, but I'm just going to try to stay really focused for this conversation. I do go into more of the whys in my course, but the main reason is to get people to sign up for your newsletter. So kind of an end game mm -hmm. is to get people via content to become part of your newsletter and your educational network. Right, exactly. Yeah. So really, and I will do an, uh, another episode about why newsletters are so important. Sure. But... They are, in many ways, the most important part of your digital presence. So they are your people, your community. They have agreed to give you their email address, their direct communication in exchange for giving them content. Whereas social networks can change at any time. They can be acquired. They can just change their algorithms completely. We, we experienced that with Facebook a number of years ago and kind of stopped using Facebook because of it. So... When you have people as a part of your email list, you have a direct way that you can communicate with them, a direct way to tell them what you're offering, and a way to just stay top of mind for them. Right, 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 right. So in order to get people to subscribe to your newsletter, I think it's really important to give them regular weekly content. I think it's yeah. really important to give them something yeah, in yeah, exchange. Yeah. 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 Um, and I tell people in my course, and I tell people live when we used to teach live. And you're telling them now. And I'm telling you now that if weekly just feels like, oh my God, I can't do it. I can't add one more thing. That's fine. It's really also very important to balance what you can do with what's sustainable and what you can do in the long term. So if you need to start every other week, that's fine. If you need to start once a month yeah. with some kind of piece of content, that's fine too. But just start and whatever you start with, be consistent. Okay. So right now, I have an intuition of what you mean when you say content. Mm -hmm. But content is a huge term. And so when you say weekly content or biweekly content or monthly content, 
to be top of mind for people and have those people ultimately join your newsletter and become part of your community. Mm-hmm. Can you dial in a little bit more as to what you mean about content? And does does my Monday morning Instagram post about what I ate for breakfast count as content? <laughs> Wait, wait for breakfast, no. I've never put that in. but No, I know. Yeah, Yeah, for the purposes of this conversation, I'm going to say, you know, a post on Instagram, a Twitter thread that you start. For the purposes of this conversation, I'm going to say no. This is not what I mean by this kind of content. I'm thinking about content that is educational, adds value to their life and their yoga practice, and is in kind of a bigger format. So... The examples that I hone in on are, you know, a blog post. That's kind of an obvious one. You can also, if a blog post even feels like too much because you're like, I don't have the blog set up yet. I'm not ready, but I do have the newsletter. It could be a couple of paragraphs that you write at the top of your newsletter. It could be tips in your newsletter. You know, it could be content directly in your newsletter. Okay. Or if you want to go the video route, which I think is really smart. I mean, Instagram is getting more and more, you know, focused on video. You could do an Instagram live or a Facebook live if you use Facebook. And then I think for people who are more comfortable with content and more advanced, you could think about like a YouTube tutorial or a a series of podcasts, like a short series of podcasts. I've never done anything in my teaching about how to start a podcast, even though it's the main piece of content that I have. Because I do think for yoga teachers, unless you have the infrastructure, I don't know that a long-term podcast is really the biggest bang for your buck. Yeah, I think, but lately I've been like, huh, you know what? A six-series podcast for a yoga teacher was a very specific niche could be very helpful. And there are people out there who do those. Like Susan Cain, who's been on my show, has a short, like I think it's a 10-series podcast and then she ultimately promotes herself on this educational platform that she has. Elizabeth Gilbert, when she came out with a book on creativity, she did a six to 10 series podcast about creativity. So something like that would be worthwhile for a yoga teacher. But I think thinking about like a podcast forever is a lot. When I think about this in terms of my existing internal framework for what it is to be a yoga teacher, it's kind of like, in any given class, I'm gonna teach a lot of postures, but there needs some to be something that anchors those postures. There needs to be some sort of postural theme or continuity, some sort of philosophical or spiritual theme or continuity. There's gotta be some kind of overriding meta infrastructure that helps kind of maintain the integrity of the week. Or for me, I actually, think about it as a month, not a mm-hmm. month. But, but the point is, I think that this is a place where yoga teachers can think, look, you're gonna have all sorts of different posts if you post regularly, but a post about your outfit this week isn't necessarily content that's gonna help people know who you are and what you're teaching and what they're going to learn and benefit from right. by being part of your newsletter. Right. Right? Yes. The other thing that I wanna say is, because we'll get to some of the questions later about insecurities and doubts around this. But for me, the way the place I actually come up with the content that you're describing, 
which for me is usually in the form of podcasts and video tutorials. But the place where I come up with my content is in the classes I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. So I start right. So I start with class first, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think, what's the top of the class? What's the focal point of the class? What's the intensity of the class? What's kind of like, what is the arc of that class built around? What am I really trying to teach when I teach class on Tuesday? Yeah, and then I can then pull that out, and then write about it in our blog. Or I can pull that out and do a Yoga Land teacher's companion on it. Or I can pull that out and say to you, "Hey, this is something that I've been thinking about a lot in my classes." Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. So for yoga teachers, are thinking, "Well, where do I come up with this content?" What I, what I want to remind them of is, "Well, you do sixty minutes of content all the time.、Mm-hmm. So what is the most salient thing、yeah. about what you're teaching on Monday night?" Okay. Well, then let's craft that into. Uh, Instagram Live,、right. or a blog post, or this mini run of podcast that you're describing, but something that really anchors. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny. I don't. It, do would you like to be a guest lecturer in my course? Because that would be something that's very useful to put at the top of 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 the course that I didn't think of because I'm not a yoga teacher.、Right. The way that I help people think of ideas, and it's pretty, it's kind of related to this, but I just give people three options to think about, and then the confluence of those options are great ideas, or each of them individually. So one is, what are you great at teaching? Like, what are what is natural to you as a teacher? Are or you- most great for those of you that are <laughs> horribly insecure or Midwestern. Uh huh. If you can't deal with what are you great at,、sure. what are you like? Most okay at. What are you most okay at in your yeah. teaching? Yeah. What do you see your students struggling with? Yeah. Right. Anytime you're solving problems for people with content, it's just incredibly useful. So, what are your students struggling with? And if you're not, if you can't tell, like during class, what what kind of questions do people ask you after class?、Yeah. Who comes up to you and asks you a question? If one person did, in all likelihood, someone else had a similar question. And then the third thing is just kind of what are you into right now in your yoga practice? What if you were to go out to for coffee? With a yoga friend, and you were going to talk about yoga. Like, what would you talk about? What, 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 what do you feel passionate about? Even if that passion is something that's being taught in yoga right now that drives you crazy, right? So, any of those kinds of ways of thinking about practice and teaching can be helpful to come up with ideas. I think to allay a concern here too is you are inevitably. Going to say things that other people also say, yeah, and you don't want to not say them because someone else says them.、Mm-hmm. You don't want to think to yourself, "Oh, well, I'm not going to do a post on end range strength because Jason did a post on end range strength." Because the reality is, there are going to be people that listen to you and that not me.、Mm-hmm. And similarly, the way you say it is going to be at least a little bit different than how I say it. It's、yeah. going to be. Filtered through your experience, not through my experience. Right, and different people have different degrees of receptivity to what's being said, depending on who's saying it. It's so true. It's so true. Right. So usually we're more receptive to hearing something when we have an established relationship with that person. So these these kind of like these pieces of content, even if you saw me do a mobility thing on shoulders. 
do your own mobility thing on shoulders.、Mm-hmm. Let let there be crossover because the way you do it and the population that you experience that experiences you is different than me. Totally. And and also, there are things we all know in life that, for them to be actuated, they have to be heard many times. So if the、many、same、times. person hears it, right? <laughs> so if the same person hears. Your thing about content and my thing about content and so and so's thing about content. Well, that's okay. Then that then that person gets to hear it from three different voices with three slightly different perspectives. Yeah. And it takes time to actuate it,、mm-hmm. right? I want to circle back really quick and just make sure, like, we really land on what formats, what types of format do you see this kind of. Anchor content for the week. Where is it? Like, where do where? If I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do content once a week.、Mm-hmm. Tell me again. Like, what are the three to five places that I can I can do that? Like, where is it, and what does it actually equal? Right. Well, I mean, I'm not sure if you're asking me this question, but I do think that wherever it is, you should decide on one. Type of content or one place, and do it there for at least you know a month or two. Okay. So it could be a blog post on your own website. Got it. And by the way, this is sort of a whole other level. But if you, if it's easy for you to create create blog posts and you already have a blog, then start thinking about guest posting other places. But anyway, it could be a blog post on your own site. It could be a live format, so Instagram Live or Facebook Live. Live or YouTube Live, if you already are that established, or what else did I say? A series of podcasts or YouTube videos. You you have in our notes also office hours. Well, yeah. So I think that was more like so in terms of lives, you could. There's lots of sub ideas under lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So because if you just be just saying, oh, go do a live, you might be like, no way. So、Am、maybe I turning on my camera and doing a live. So. That's where I'm talking about the structure. So this is giving me an idea.、Mm-hmm. So it's so I don't know that I will do this, but I do these teaching companions now, right? Right. So theoretically, I could do an office hour、mm-hmm. based on episode seven on shoulder range of motion, right? To to kind of provide an open like a,、yeah. a weekly forum. Okay, this week we're going to talk about X. This week we're going to talk about Y. So your let's say I did that, or let's say the listener did that, which sounds better to me because I don't I'm not in the、I'm, I don't want to have to do that. <laughs> well, you're already producing your weekly content with your yoga teacher, right? Right, right. But but here's but here's the idea, right? It's like because I think that we can get a little overwhelmed when we lack structure,、mm-hmm. and it's like every week I'm going to do an Instagram live. Okay, well maybe maybe one week a month it's just Q and A. Mm-hmm. Based on what you've done the previous three weeks, sure, sure, sure. Right. So I mean, just let's kind just of... start. Okay, so let's start with the idea of structure. Okay. So I do think it's very important that you pick your medium. So whether you're going to do your blog post, you're going to do your podcast, you're going to do some YouTube videos, or you're going to do some lives. Pick your medium. Which which one sings to you? Which one feels the most comfortable to you? Then you pick up what I learned, you know, from years of magazine publishing. Which is you pick a format or a topic. So magazines have 
the well, the middle of the magazine, which is like the long feature stories, yeah. 3,000 words plus. They have the front of the book, which is like those short little things in, in beauty magazines. It's like, you know, the, the little product pages. Last page of the magazine is always a short piece. And then you have your departments or your columns. So those are things that run every month and they are typically topic specific. Yeah. So at Yoga Journal, we had an anatomy column every month. We had a home practice column every month. Different magazines might have a, a very famous columnist that they feature every month. Uh, and that columnist always talks about politics or, you know, whatever it is. So you decide, like if you're going to do an Instagram live, you might say to yourself, you're not going to just show up on Instagram and turn the camera on. You're going to think, what do I feel comfortable doing? Right. And the easiest low-hanging fruit that I, example that I always give is you're going to teach a 10-minute meditation. Yeah. Okay. Or you're going to teach... Hips and core. Right? Hips and core. Hips and core. You're going to teach a, a morning wake-up yoga. And it's going to be every Monday at 9 a.m. And it's going to be 10 to 20 minutes. And you're, if you decide you're going to do that, then guess what? You have some Instagram posts to promote it leading up to that. Promoting that 9 a.m. Instagram Live. I'm going to be there. You can put that in your newsletter. 9 a.m. Instagram Live. This is what I'm going to teach. And you can then think of other posts or related content to create about meditation, about how you teach, about why it feels good, about why you love it, about why you think it's going to benefit them. So it gives you, once you have that focal point of what your content is going to be, then you can start to promote it. If you're going to do office hours, you could do office hours for a month. And you could say, one week we're going to talk about... I don't know. Um, Uriana Bonda. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that would be a weird office hour. <laughs> that would be a little weird for an Instagram office hours. But, yeah. you know, another idea There's is... There's more there than Jalandara Bonda. That another idea is if you wanted to just do monthly content is you could do a book club and you could have a couple of readings that they do and you could sort of promote it in your newsletter and then we're going to meet live on, you know, Sunday, January 10th and talk about our book and... It could be directly yoga philosophy or it could just be a book about yoga or a book of yoga teachers recently written that really resonates with you that you think is interesting to talk about. There's I, just so many ideas. Yeah, so I think this is also a really important thing to further punctuate, which is this idea. I talk to my students in trainings all the time. This is some of the most important things I tell people, but to me it's also some of the most potentially painful things I tell people, which is you can't as a teacher effectively teach and make a career out of teaching random things for the rest of your life. You have to develop continuity mm -hmm. and you have to think in terms of if a student comes to you for six months, do they have six months of good classes or do they have six months of good classes where they actually have measurable skill development and acquisition. Like, are those six months a bunch of random things that felt good? Mm -hmm. And if so, that's, that's good. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's good. Mm -hmm. But if that person knows more about down dog and triangle pose and how to do backbends and how their core works, and if there is an education to boot so that you didn't just take six months of good feeling classes, 
but you led them through a process. Mm -hmm. And that is difficult and that's a, that's a very long subset of questions, right? But when you work backwards as a yoga teacher, when you work backwards from saying, I want people to feel really welcome and really good in this class. And I want them to learn the two options of how to position their pelvis for backbends. When you work backwards from that, mm -hmm. then you have, you have more to work with. Mm -hmm. When you figure out, well, what standing poses are you going to include? What, what lunges are you going to include? What techniques are you going to include? They're not random anymore. They're there. Well, I'm going to teach a lot of things, but they're going to focus on these two different options of tilting the pelvis and backbends. Mm -hmm. So same thing when it comes to content within social media or blog or podcast or newsletter. When you have an anchor, then you have other things mm -hmm. that you can build around that anchor to promote that anchor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So your social media for that week can be based yes. on that kind of anchor piece. Right. Yeah. And then it can also lead you to creating deeper class content. I mean, if you are teaching something this way and creating content around it and it really resonates with people and you feel like, oh my gosh, they are so hungry for this and they want to know more, you could then create a workshop yes. out of it. Correct. I want the last part of our conversation. I want you to address my doubts. Right. Not my doubts mm -hmm. about what you're saying. My doubts -doubt. about, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My doubts about whether or not this effort is worth it mm -hmm. and whether or not people are gonna care, mm. you know? And, and there's one thing I say to people all the time, I say to myself is, one of the things we have to remember is how demented our timeline in life has gotten. Mm -hmm. I say this all the time, like I can arrive at any city where city in the world pretty much push a button on my phone and be irritated if it takes more than six minutes for a car to pick me up and whisk me to where I'm going. Yeah. So I don't think we have a very sensible relationship to how much time and investment developing content and a student base actually takes. Mm -hmm. So my first doubt that comes up is, well, my existing audience is too small. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to do an Instagram Live for three people. I don't want to do uh, start a newsletter for, like, Jim and Sally and then whatever. It's mm -hmm. too mm -hmm. small. It's not worth it. You have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. And, and you said it really well when you said things, we have sort of a demented timeline. We think everything's supposed to happen yesterday. Yeah. And we, we also just have so much FOMO. So... It is not healthy to compare yourself to people on the internet is the, is the first starting place. It's not? No, it's huh. not. I know, I know. It seems so enticing, doesn't it? Yeah. So enticing. Yeah, okay. But it's not healthy. And you also just, we've talked about this before, but you want to think about the people who are actually there. That's that, yes. Right? Yeah. I think it was Glennon Doyle who first said this. I thought it was me. Where I heard it, where she said, 30 people show up for an Instagram Live, let's say, and you're like, oh, God. And but if you were in a room of 30 people, that would be a packed yoga class. Yeah. If you have 300 people on your newsletter list after a year, oh man, I only have 300 people. I've heard so and so has 10,000 people, so, and Amy Porterfield has 100,000 people, whatever. 
if you were in a room full, if you were in a, you know, a church of 300 people, that's a full church of sure. people to talk to. So Some churches. Right, that's <laughs> right, yeah, true. I don't know. But I, scale, yeah, but scale right? right. We, we were kind of talking about this earlier. It doesn't matter how small you are because the most important people are the people that are actually listening to you. Yeah. So if it's 30 people, it's 30 people. If it's three people, it's three people. And you do have to start somewhere. And every single yoga teacher, including myself, just has to go through periods of time in their development where not many people come to class. Mm -hmm. Like I literally cannot tell people the number of years I would have one to four people in class. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying weeks. I'm saying years Mm. of my teaching life. And so what did I have to do? I had to teach those one to four people, mm-hmm. you know? And this in, in some ways, like I hate to say it, this is like the, the most tough love I get. It's like, this is in part is gonna let you know whether or not this role is for you. Yeah. It really is. Because you, you are, the vast majority of teachers are gonna toil in a small visibility location for the majority of their work life, Mm -hmm. right? And then the other thing to think of too is like, anyone that is listening to us, right? Anyone who's paying attention to us might think that we are popular and they might compare themselves to us. But if we compare ourselves on YouTube to Yoga with Adrian, I- I, We're nothing. 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can guarantee whoever starts a YouTube channel from this conversation, has a close, there's like a smaller gap yeah, between, between our audience and your audience than our audience and also, or Kino or like all these right. other, right, who have been doing this and doing this well in this medium consistently for an extremely long time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of the, the next thing that comes up for me Wait, is- Can I just comment? Yeah. Um, so I think that another aspect of this is Accepting that creating content is now part of the job. It is. It's part of the job now. So if it's part of the job and it doesn't immediately yield you the result that you wish or hope or feel as though it should be yielding you, you have to just see it as part of your growth in your job. Yeah. You're, you, every time you create content, just like every time you teach, you learn something. Yeah. You learn more about the subject. Yeah. You learn more about your voice, about how to articulate your message. You're a teacher. You're a messenger. You have right. things to say. That's why you want, decided to, to, to become a yoga teacher. Yeah. So this is just another medium or set of mediums for you to communicate your message. And maybe this is actually helping you to figure out, hone in more and more on what that message is. That's what it can be if you allow it to be. So related to this is also my feeling of, this is, okay, this sounds good, I can do this. And then a couple of weeks in or a couple of months in, how oh, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do I deal with that feeling? I do think it's important to benchmark against yourself. I don't think it's yeah. important to necessarily benchmark against others. I mean, I do give people um, industry standards in terms of, there are standard open rates on newsletters for, specifically for, for, different, newsletter, right. for different industries. There are 
industry click-through rates for specific categories, right? So we would be in health and fitness category. And I do give people those, but I think it's more important to look at your own, to just start by looking at your own numbers. Um, and you can start with, just start really simple because there's so many ways you can slice and dice data now, but just starting really simple with like, how many newsletter subscribers do you have? Do you have more now? So right or do now, you have fewer? What's your open rate? Is it better, the same, worse? And what's your click-through rate? Is it better, the same, worse? So you're starting to get into like a little bit more overtly into newsletters. So we're going to have another mm-hmm. conversation. So let's kind of pause on that because I think, I think we want to spend a whole conversation talking about why newsletters yeah. and so, how to grow them. But this does circle back to the earlier end game of this content development and this content structure and this content consistency and end game to that is getting people to subscribe to your newsletter. Mm -hmm. It's also getting people to attend your classes. Mm -hmm. And I think the final thing, and this came up in our conversation off air when we were developing this, is I don't think that most teachers focus on student retention as much as they should. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the things we have to think of when we think about like, is this working? Mm It's not, it's not just about, are my numbers going up? It's, are the people that are my students yesterday still my students today? Mm -hmm. Am I giving my students a reason to continue to come back to my website, to come back to my, to open my email list, to come back to my class? I think that, I think in most, in most just thinking about business, what most businesses know that most yoga teachers aren't trained in is the vast majority of businesses make the vast majority of their revenues on return clients. And it's the same for us as teachers. Mm-hmm. And, and not, not even just the business side, but the joy side, mm-hmm. the satisfaction side. I find much more satisfaction when I have a class full of people that I've seen before than a class full of people I've never seen. And so I think that we spend so much time thinking about, well, you know, I'm going to keep doing this and doing this and doing this in hopes that more people start following me and my numbers go up. That's a part of it. Mm -hmm. But what we can't overlook is, can we continue to create content that engages the people that are already engaged with us? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. And I think that in, in that sense, you can also get kind of a feel for are people engaging with you? Are people talking, you know, when you're teaching, does anyone tell you they got your newsletter? And I just recently responded to a student of mine who I follow her newsletter now, and she wrote this beautiful piece about body image. And it felt, it was so resonant with me that I emailed her back and I was like, thanks, I needed this today. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, are you getting any of that from people who know you and have been your students? So you're right. I mean, there are there is sort of the data and then there's also like the anecdotal yeah. response. Yeah. But in terms of sometimes things aren't working for you. Sometimes you mm. will create a series of content and you're kind of done with that series yeah. or the format just isn't 
feeling right or you want to try something new and that is fine too this doesn't have to be something that you commit to in blood for a year or two you can start i like to think of things quarterly but you can start with a month you can start with two months see how it goes let yourself experiment this is not something that creating your own job which is essentially what yoga teachers do you can call it your own job your own career your own business it does it's not going to happen from your right out the gate it's not going to happen from the the first you know series of content you create isn't going to you know land you a sponsorship with nike like these things just like you said they just take time and they take the ability the, the willingness to experiment and the willingness to even maybe sometimes fail in your own eyes and then just get up and keep going and figure out the next thing that you're going to do. But it's important to show up for the process. Yeah. It's important to, and I think that this is something that really gets into in people's way when creating content. It's kind of like, well, who am I to like put, I don't, I don't have hair and makeup. I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm not good at writing a 3000 words. You know, we get into this idea that it ha- you have to be something or it has to be something in order to, to be valuable. Well, this is where I go back to what you say about teaching, which is it's the yoga that's valuable. Right, right, and, right. And it's the yoga that you want to be the message to people. And however you teach that, however you approach it is your unique way. But think about showing up for people because you think yoga is important. Yeah. And, you, and I just think this all the time. And I, it, it's sincere. I mean, if there was more and more and more messaging and and teaching about yoga out there, I think the world would be a better place. So that's what I always come back to, always. That's the foundation of it. And that's what keeps me going. I think that's uh, the final word. Okay. <laughs> Got very passionate there. You did get very passionate I there. Did. I'm not adding on to any. We, we, we have not only known each other, but we've been married for long enough that that was a strong enough statement piece that I don't, I'm not going to step on top okay. of that. Thanks. Honey. And I agree, Thank of course, you. 100% all the time. all right well thanks so much for for watching and for listening and we will put show notes at yogalandpodcast.com slash episode 254 if you have not followed us already you can follow the podcast on youtube you can follow it wherever you're listening right now and you can also join our newsletter at jasonyoga.com slash newsletter yeah this is kind of our content so join our newsletter join our newsletter exactly let's 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 like i'm bringing a full circle i'm bringing it full circle yeah it was part of the plan the whole thing yeah yeah all right until next week enjoy your practice Mm -hmm.